views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. would have had serious consequences for the world financial system but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the US wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake. We're slicing cake. We're slicing cake. Gaddafi didn't give up. In the months leading up to the military intervention, he called on African and Muslim nations to join together to create this new currency that would rival the dollar and euro. They would sell oil and other resources around the world only for gold dinars. It's an idea that would shift the economic balance of the world. Countries' wealth would depend on how much gold they have, not how many dollars they trade. And Libya has 144 tons of gold. Welcome, welcome everyone to Candle Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Dave, from L.A. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056 is the call-in number, and would love to hear from you today. Today is May the 15th, 2019. It is a Tuesday, and looking forward to having the show with you all. Big ups to my man, KP. Happy born day, my brother. So want to just say that, and we're going to get going into today's show. But before we do that, everyone, make sure that you support Black Talk Radio Network. You can very easily do that by going to www.blacktalkradionetwork. Hit the donation prompt at the overall network's homepage website, or you can do it this way. And this is the most expedient, and, and actually this is the best way to do it, for you to become a part of the Black Talk Radio Network social media platform known as BTR Community. And that's BTR Community. You can find that at www.btrcommunity and join for only $24 a year. That will support the network, and you can engage in all of your social media activities without being as adversely affected. You can do that there. So basically what that means is that your identity will never be sold to anyone nor uh, do you have to worry, I mean, excuse me, uh, or do you have to worry about you being data mined for purposes that you would not want to do actually? Because what happens on the mainstream ones is that your identity is used, everything, where you go, what you eat, who you talk to, your, your you know, that social media platforms, people put a lot of too much of their private information out on the uh, so on the public web, and it's used as a measure of data mining and finding things out about you and everybody else that you don't really would really want. And you're going to see more of that coming about. You've seen it already uh, with the, just the the hackers and and the exposure, the lack of security, 
uh, that people think that those platforms provide them, but they don't. It's, it's actually put there for, for those actual reasons. So we want to really watch um, our engagement with that. And come on over to BTR community where you can engage in your social media activities, like I said, without being um, as effective. You don't have to worry about that. So uh, very, very necessary, I think, for, for us to, to, to do. So do that. Also, also, if you would like to acquire real money, definitely go to www.prosperitymint.com. Prosperitymint.com is a full-service precious metals dealership where you can engage in, in exchanging your currency for real money, which you should definitely do. So do that before it's too late. Okay, so what we're going to do, just want to say thank you all for listening and being a part of this network. And we greatly do appreciate you all. I'm gonna, it's gonna, we're gonna jump into today's show. And today's show is gonna be, uh, it's going to be, calm, excuse me, still waters turned into rogue seeds. Excuse me, to rough seeds. Sorry about that. Uh, but no, I didn't. I did say rogue seeds. Okay, still waters uh, turned into rogue seeds. Part two. We're gonna take a look at that. And I didn't post a lot there inside of what's in the news. We're going to go over a couple of things that I want to definitely for you to take a look at. So, But the first one, very important one, is the first article that we have. And this one comes from PakistanPoint.com. PakistanPoint.com that, that this one comes from. And this one is Spain withdraws frigate from the U.S. carrier strike group sent to the Persian Gulf. Okay, so the Spanish defense minister has ordered the temporary withdrawal of the country's frigate F-104 with 215 sailors on board from the USS Abraham Lincoln Carrier Strike Group that was sent to the Persian Gulf amidst growing tensions between the United States and Iran. This is huge. This is actually huge, and I think we're going to start to see a lot of this. What some people don't know, with inside of the, the U.S. Navy's uh, carrier strike groups, and I got my man Pastor Keith is is in studio. What's going on, Pastor Keith? Excuse me. So he'll be here in a second. Um, very very important that. Um, and, and well, I'm a, I'm gonna come back to this story because I just think it's it's too important, and we'll we'll come back to that for today. So check out that article. Next article. This one comes from RT Straight Up Our Moves. anything, blaming the sabotage operation that damaged four, four oil tankers off the coast of the UAE has been placed at the feet of Iran or Iranian-backed proxies. U.S. officials uh, breathlessly quoted by mainstream media, um, and so they basically are blaming uh, Iran, of course, that's what is, is wants to be done because of the, a lot of things that's going on there. And what that means, what I mean, but the, that, excuse me, the tension that's there is definitely contrived and agendized. And so we're going to take a look at that as well. And because we didn't really carry that yesterday, we will carry it today. Uh, we want to talk about and then some things what you should be doing to prepare for that. So check out that article. Next article 
And that area is a hotbed, it's a flashpoint, but it's not just one. It's going to be multiple flashpoints around the world that's going to start to spark all at one time. This is how you get into a quick global war that's going to turn from World War III to GNW-1, Global Nuclear War One. What's up, Pastor Keith? How you doing? In a billion. So um, just don't step on my feet, Pastor Keith. So <laughs> what's going on? So Pastor Keith is in the building. Uh in studio, ready to go. So check out. Next article, this one is from Sputnik News. Second Chinese plane with medical aid arrives in Venezuela despite the U.S. discontent. So China has continued to support uh, Venezuela. The first Chinese airplane carrying humanitarian aid for the crisis-stricken nation was dispatched in late March. Rising uh, suspicions and uh, raising suspicions in Washington that China could be providing military assistance along with uh, humanitarian aid. Beijing venomously denies the claim at the time. So, but you're, you're going to see how the whole thing. Russia and China are completely embedded in Venezuela. They cannot allow Venezuela to be lost to 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 the U.S. And so. Check out that. Now, there's a couple of other articles. Uh, we're going to get to some of that. And some of the ones that we had from yesterday, we, we would be really remiss not to pick up on. But let me uh, take a look at a couple of other ones that I wanted to to actually. Hey, Dave, if you, um, if you refresh that page uh, for the show, I, I added some articles as well as I saw you okay. know, you uh, didn't have a whole lot, but I posted some related articles as well. You okay. might may Thank not be able to it. see them, um, including a video from a retired uh, uh, U.S. Army colonel. Uh, Ann Wright says a fla- false flag is possible in the Gulf. Ooh, let's yeah. Well, let's um, let me refresh this. Thanks, Scotty. Yep, I see a couple of things. Okay, cool. Thank you, Scotty. Uh, very okay. Now this was an article. Because I didn't refresh and I had just uh, what I had up. Uh, Scotty had po- posted this one inside of the the thread, and it was a um, a, a YouTube video from retired Colonel Ann uh, Wright saying a false flag is possible. I think a false flag has already started. The whole propaganda uh, campaign in psyops against Iran has been a false flag the whole time, and so yeah, it's it's already. Striking, uh, happening. And hey, she's she's hey, absolutely right. Hey, I would like to play the video. It's like six minutes long, but sure, sure. When I want yes, people, yes, hold on. Let me see. let's do this. Uh, what's in the news, and then we'll go right to that because okay. I didn't hear this. I would like to hear this. So we're going to do that next article. Uh, Scotty posted this when he got this from CNBC. Oil jumps as the Saudi Arabian. Let me pull this up. Let me see. As the Saudi Arabian minister reports drone terrorism against the pipeline, so and they and they're saying that uh, Iranian proxies and in one uh, Iranian proxies and um, what are you looking for, Keith? Is uh, over over there? You want to plug it in over there? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So they they had some uh, Saudi Arabia saying that they're getting drone attacks uh, against their pipeline infrastructure. And the, the the actual one of the articles I read about this or, or skimmed through real quickly was was blaming uh, some of the Iranian supported uh, groups out of uh, Palestine, out of, um, not Palestine, yeah, out of Palestine and Gaza, 
is that's what they're saying is is doing that. Um, so, but check out this article, real, real important. It is um, so. But you know, Dave, like like that one of the Iranians said about the um, so-called attacks on those two oil tankers. Where's the proof? We need more details than just your vague statement about you know suffered structural damage. What well, well, what kind of attack was this? What what happened? And I would say the same thing with these pipelines. They could just say anybody done it. They could blame Scotty Reed for doing it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, where's the proof? And, and not only not only that, Scotty, as, as you just said, but Scotty and Pastor Keith, but. How much? How many times has there been complete lies about things in the past that started wars? Every single, you know, confrontation, like Scotty talked about the USS Liberty, um, that was the, the, the spark to get, you know, the the, uh, the Seven Day War uh, going. And then you had, you know, Gulf of Tonkin. You had uh, the the Bismarck, the USS Bismarck, that was actually uh, um, for the Spanish American War. You had uh, World War One, World War Two. They're all started by false flags and, and sabotage in order to create the environment for co- military confrontation to, to be sparked globally. And that's with you know another situation here. Even if they have the proof, how are, the proof is is it authentic? And it generally never is, and it's to the point where. You should never believe them because they've never shown themselves to be credible. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Um, one of the things yes, they sir. sold, and it, it's known to be a complete lie right now. Um, but um, the Gulf War, which I was in in the nineties, in, in the late yeah early nineties, but yes. they were saying that. They had invaded Kuwait and was snatching babies out incubators and stomping them out on the floor and all that. And it turns out that the little young lady that they used, you know, as the front person to tell that story um, was lying and was actually the daughter of a diplomat, a Kuwaiti uh, diplomat. But it turned out to be completely uh, fictional. And what have you. And then even if something does happen, let's say like 9-11 happened, and who they said did it might not have been the ones who did it. You know what I'm saying? So we never can tell, man. Um, People had to go off a blind faith, which, you know, I just don't have no blind faith in U.S. media or or politicians to tell us the truth. Yeah, Yeah, and and we got to be careful about it because it gets us into predicaments that, Guess who suffers from it? We do. Well, in, 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 in line with what you're saying, where you said we got to be careful about it, the fact of the matter is, like Scott, you, you went up historically talking about, you know, this lie or this rumor and these things got started. But today, you turn on the news. As a matter of fact, I heard, um, uh, uh, what's the guy out in Texas that they're so high on right now running for the president? You know who I'm talking about. He's from Texas. He almost beat Cruz. Be, um, Beetle. 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 Okay. So he was on uh, the Rachel Maddow show last night. And I, you know, I, I, I was a Rachel Maddow show fan. You know, fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so anyway, he was on there. They talked about. They talked about Venezuela. Mm-hmm. 
And he said, and we got to understand that, you know, Guido is, is the one that they put in, and we got to recognize him that because we recognize him that along with 50 other nations, and uh, that's a good thing. And Rachel Maddow chimed in. She said, yes, that's good. And I said, like, like son of a biscuit. You know, at this point in time, you know, you can't trust nothing that comes out of there. You know, you just can't. So, Keith. Keith, it's so true. So, Keith, th- this morning I had apologized to you because I blamed you for something that you didn't do, and you you accepted my apology. So now, Keith, could you go ahead and make an apology to me? What what am I apologizing for this time, Dave? Because by you being a fanatic of Rachel Maddow, I... and, 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 let me could I, could I finish? Thank you, Pastor Keith. You being such a fanatic of Rachel Maddow, a while back I said to you, Keith you're going to see that you can't trust them. And Keith said, no, 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 Rachel's different. She, she, so, Keith, could you go ahead and just give me my – go ahead and, and say, because you kind of, you know, had a little uh, – you had a little bitterness in your overall uh, defense of your – and I understand that's what fans do because they're fanatics. So could you go ahead and now go ahead and, and apologize to me? Back then, in the words of my father, he, he would say, what you said to me then, I'd have to respond – and the words of my father back then, and he'd say, they don't fight in words. <laughs> <laughs> so if that was the case, which I don't recall I, I, in I entire I don't. I, I figured you would say that. But. but if that's the case, I have to concede you were, you were wholeheartedly correct. Okay, my, my man. Good, good. Next article. Very important. Next article. Scotty posted this from Cerebrally Naive Network, another network that Chief is a – uh, a, a former fanatic of no, no, no. You, you used to like no. It was Rachel Maddow that it, it, it had, Rachel. You, Keith would end his. I gotta go home. I gotta. Ooh, I gotta. I gotta keep. I got man. He's just a big fanatic. So next article, Scotty got this from Shreveley Naive Network, and this one is one second. Let me pull it up real quick. And this is from the uh, politics section of the political section or the politics section of, um, of CNA. Farmers get impatient with Trump's trade war. This can't go on. It can't. And this, everything is being set up. And the setup that, that, that we're seeing is, oof, is going to not be very good for us at all. So check out that article. Well, back up. Or that article, there was another article that came out that what Trump said was because of the huge increases in costs because of the trade war, mm-hmm. he was now going to offer them all the farmers' welfare to make up the difference. And, Keith, you said something to me that I didn't know was last week that, that was, was it uh, the government assistance had ended or, or was interrupted? At the time, and I haven't checked back up on it. Well, let's wait. Let's check back up on it first before we talk about it. Thank well, you. let's talk about it and then just tell them what it was. Okay. Because at that time, food stamps were frozen. In in the state of Texas. In the state of Texas. They they had froze food stamps, and that was what it was last week or something. That was last week. And when I say frozen, I don't mean just from the viewpoint that they didn't get their food stamps for that period that they were supposed to receive them, they were frozen to the point that even if you had food stamps 
on your card already from the previous, you couldn't use that either. Wow. This is, this, that's known as a clawback. So they clawed back if you had any balance. Yeah. Wow. So I, I'll check to see. Yeah, let's, let's, let's check that. Next article, very important, goes with one from yesterday that, that I want to definitely get into today. Um, well, no, uh, well, yeah, we have to because I won't be here because uh, of the, uh, yeah, and, and, but maybe Thursday because I've got to see about the travel of everything else. So I will let everyone know about that. It's, you know, it's graduation season, so we've got to go to the, a bunch of graduations. Um, but here's a, a very important article, and this one I got from uh, uh, Criminal, Nothing But Criminals channel, and that's CNBC, okay? CNBC, China's self-destructive nuclear option. China's self-destructive nuclear option in trade war. Selling U.S. Treasury bonds. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Wait, 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 wait. Read that one more time. Yes. Remember, I, remember we did, and we took the picture of, because I knew that Twitter was going to take this, that, that one thing down, where they were saying that there are actual uh, Chinese scholars that are in China that are thinking about how to orchestrate the dumping of U.S. Treasuries. Remember we took that picture yesterday? Um, you could go back to yesterday, Keith. Remember that yesterday? I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, well, you check your phone. It'll show the picture. Okay. So here's an article that, that corroborates that. China's self-destructive nuclear option in trade wars, you, selling U.S. Treasury bonds. Consider it's China's nuclear option in a trade war with the U.S. The ability to start dumping its massive pile, its massive pile of Treasuries bonds, which can trigger a surge in interest rates and substantially damage the American economy. And I, I hate when they say the American economy because they think that the United States, all of America, is the United States. It should be damaged. The, U.S. economy, but it could actually damage uh, here, countries in the overall on the continent of America. Here, here's my question, continent. though. Here's my question. I know the answer is is greed, but that's a national security risk to even allow foreign nations, and I would even say yeah. entities, to to purchase that, to purchase treasury yeah. bonds. It makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, what Scotty was saying that if, if you really look at it, and he's absolutely right, for the amount of treasury bonds that was allowed to be sold to other countries is a national security threat because then, and he's absolutely 100% right, uh, because now with that, what can they do to your overall general, your citizens' economy? You can collapse it. You can absolutely collapse it. And what Scotty is saying that that's not uh, uh, if you were sincere in in your overall dealings, you wouldn't have that. Uh, uh, you wouldn't allow that to happen by other nations to buy that much of your debt and everything else. And he's absolutely right. In a, in a in a platform or in a scenario where you had so called so called public officials that were sincere to their overall oath and were actually ethical and everything that they were, you wouldn't do that. You would never, ever, ever do that. And, and Scotty's absolutely right. It's a national security risk. Well, okay, so the devil's advocate. What makes you think it's a national security risk? And I'll, let me answer 
Treasury bonds, they've done it in all of the critical infrastructure that's necessary. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, that's, and that's what you and Scotty are saying, that that is really a national security issue and, and, and threat. But it's more, and now you could actually look at it that, that those were deliberate steps to sabotage. Now, if you want to have a real coup, how do you do it? How do you really do it? What you do is you... You transfer control somewhere else. And when you transfer control somewhere else, guess what? Now you don't have what you thought you had. Remember with, with, with uh, 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 Mayor Rothschild said, I care not who makes the law if I control the government's money supply. That's because you're the one that makes the laws. I care not who makes the laws if I control a country's money supply. Because that's it. That's right there. And when he said money, he wasn't talking about cash. He wasn't talking about debt. He was about power. He was talking about the essential things that have intrinsic value that's, that's known as money that countries need to in order to function. Yeah. Oil, right? Oil, the ability to, for, for, to, to produce uh, uh, food, and the ability of all of its natural resources, from the water to, um, to, to the farmland, to the you know, just the, the, the staple goods of things. The, it's, it's overall mineral uh, um, allotment. It's, uh, it's gold and it's silver, particularly silver, because that's critical in today's society to be able to function in the economy. So he knew exactly what he was talking about, but most people would think that he was talking about debt or, or cash. He wasn't talking about it. He purposely said money supply. And so it's very, very important because if you do that, there you go. You got it. So we're going to take a look at that and how that plays into. So we're going to jump into today's show. At any time you'd like to get in on the conversation, I can't see the board, um, but I will be able to hear you. Just say, excuse me. Give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056 is the call-in number. We'd love to hear from you all. Need to hear from you all. So give us a call. So let me... um. Let me check a couple of things real quick before we get into it. Hey, um, news is coming out. Let's let's play yeah, that yeah. video. Um, the reason oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. the reason yeah, I want to yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. 
the reason I want to play this video, um, which is uh, from RT with retired Colonel Ann Wright, uh, she mentions that, hey, a flag, false flag is possible, but I want you to compare and, con and contrast what she says versus what that think tank propagandist yeah. said yesterday. Yeah. Okay, let's do that, Scotty. Two Saudi oil tankers and a Norwegian vessel were damaged in an attack off the coast of the United Arab Emirates near the Persian Gulf this weekend. Only hours earlier, Iranian and Lebanese media had reported explosions at the port. Details of the incident remain unclear, but U.S. and Saudi officials are describing the incident as sabotage. Iran's foreign ministry called for further clarification and information about the incident. The general secretary of the Six-Nation Gulf Cooperation Council described the incident as serious escalation. To further discuss, we're being joined now by retired Colonel Ann Wright. Uh, Colonel, Colonel Wright, thank you for being with us today. Uh, so Saudi Arabia did not say who was actually responsible for the attack as the Pentagon sent additional aircraft carriers out. Uh, they sent missiles and a squadron of B-52 bombers uh, last week to the Persian Gulf. Iran has responded with a warning that is that they're prepared to retaliate if attacked. Does this sound to you like the prelude to a war? Well, it certainly is a dramatic escalation in what's happening in the Middle East, uh, with the United States first starting moving an enormous amount of uh, military equipment, an aircraft carrier, which essentially is a little city with 5,000 people and um, uh, tens of aircraft on it. Uh, the Iranian government has responded uh, to that uh, deployment by saying, you know, this is our part of the world. and. Uh, with the sanctions that the U.S. has had on Iran and the decrease in the amount of oil that's being purchased uh, because of the sanctions the U.S. has had on, on Iran, uh, Iran is saying, you know, you don't mess with us, don't mess with us, and it becomes a very difficult and dangerous situation for us all. So the, the Pentagon has said this is just normal operating procedure. We're planning on going out there anyway. Does that sound suspect to you at all? Well, we already have a lot of military uh, ships in, in the Persian Gulf anyway. Uh, to have another deployment of uh, an aircraft carrier uh, sounds like an escalation to me. And in fact, uh, the, the Trump administration has, has been saying they're escalating what they're putting the pressure, maximum pressure on, on the Iranians. Right, they're and certainly not mincing words about escalation. No, not at all. It's a very overt uh, uh, move by the Trump administration, and I think it's trying to provoke Iran. And these incidents that you've just mentioned this morning of uh, 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 attacks on two foreign uh, vessels, foreign vessels, uh, the investigation on that of what happened and whether it is a false flag, right, or whether it is actually, you know, who did it? <laughs> That's right. always the question. Who done it right now? That's right. So, National Security Advisor John Bolton said that the U.S. is, is not seeking war with Iran. Those are his words. But as you mentioned, deploying the USS Abraham Lincoln, which is a carrier, um, it's a, a bomber task force essentially out to the Middle East, doesn't sound like standard operating procedure to you. Uh, what do you what do you make of of the fact that it was the White House that made this announcement versus the Pentagon, who normally uh, addresses these issues? D does that is there some reading between the lines you can do for us there? Well, indeed, the White House and and John Bolton in particular, who has been noted for the last thirty years for being for regime change in many many countries, to include Iran. 
and for Bolton and the White House to be making uh, the announcements on one level makes sense uh, because it is a major, major deployment. On the other hand, the Department of Defense normally is making these uh, uh, these announcements, but I, I think it shows the level of uh, uh, you know what the White House is trying to do, which are they is taking really ownership of it. Well, oh yeah, they are, and uh, it's essentially see what we're doing and what are you going to do about it. Like you sort said, of more thing. overt yeah. escalation. Yes. So, so it's been pointed out by Scott Ritter that the intelligence Bolton is citing um, is coming directly from Israel's Mossad. How much foreign influence should the U.S. allow you, over its own military <laughs> operations? Well, I don't think the foreign foreign influence, particularly Israel, it has a, a real interest. I mean, for we we know what the Iranians want. They want regime change. They want uh, the the Iranian. Uh, government taken down. Right. The Israelis do, as as does the United States. I mean, let's be honest about it. And for the United States to be using uh, Israeli intelligence on this uh, makes me feel a little uneasy about it because there are other agendas uh, that the Israelis have, as we've seen on, on many places in the Middle East. And, and lastly, Iran's foreign minister, uh, Javad Zarif, has also criticized Bolton's statements uh, as uh, being directed by Israel or Saudi Arabia, uh, even the UAE, uh, and, and it has even suggested that, that sabotage was carried out to ignite this regional conflict. Do you think that could actually be possible? Well, yes, we've certainly seen in the history of the United States uh, involvement uh, around the world that there are incidents that the United States has done, whether it be the USS Maine in Cuba back in the 1890s, whether it's uh, the Tonkin Gulf uh, in, for the Vietnam War. Uh, the United States has, well, and let's just look more recently at weapons of mass destruction right. for Iraq. WMDs. The, the United States government, of which I was a part for 29 years in the military and 16 years as a U.S. diplomat, does not always tell the truth. Dave. Wow. Wow. I, I, I told I, you Mossad I, might be involved. I think I mentioned yeah, that the other day. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And 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 we knew. But you know what, Scotty? I, all I can say is, wow. As a as a person in her capacity, as being retired and, and what it was, um, she spoke some of the most truth and. But the thing about it was that what she talked about is always is always been evident, and everyone has known it. But few people will break this the propaganda cycle to reiterate or to speak the truth, and she did. And and I will say that, and you know, they know that they lie, and and they lie, and, and they admitted to lying and everything else, and they lie for purposes. And and she was really. It was a couple of points when she talked about having the Israelis to provide the overall intelligence is a dangerous thing because of their motives, which is, you know, true in, in, in very few people in her capacity speak with that level of, you know, to, to really speak that truthfully. Hey, and Dave, she, um... She was, Exactly right. Yeah. Of the reporting from the different articles we've come across, 
and not only the ones we've shared on air, but other ones that we saw. This is my first time hearing that the Israeli Israeli Mossad intelligence agency is the one they got this intelligence from about who done it. This first is the first time, time I heard it too. Yeah. yeah. Very, very first time I heard it too. And, and this is uh, this is telling. And you know, there's another article, and, and what she said was so so important, and it really tells what's going on. But here's what, and that one is. I'm I'm so glad that she she said that. I have to, uh, you know, as as a person in her position, let me. I gotta save this one uh, because it it was just that significant, you know. And she talked about her years in service, and you could tell that she was saying that she was she didn't agree with a lot of different things. And now she speaks a measure of truth uh, about that. And everybody has their own way of doing things. And I ha- all I can say to her is that she's very, very sincerely co- courageous, if it's all sin- sincere, which I do think it is because she could have absolutely taken the other side, but she didn't. And she spoke, you know, some real truths and very, very, very important in what she said. Let me just... You know, again, contrast what she said now. They described that woman yesterday. I forgot the think tank she works for, but we read her information on yesterday's program. But... Compare and contrast what Colonel Wright did, which was an analysis, an objective analysis uh, based off of information that she had. And then the other woman that was on Fox News who was basically just cheerleading for war and saying, oh, it'll be a cakewalk. They'll greet us as liberators and, and all of that kind of crap. And everything else that goes along with it. Right, Scotty. And wow. And so... This is significant because of this. There's a, uh, two news articles, one from the New York Times, and it goes, and here's what it is. White House reviews military plans against Iran and echoes of Iraq war. Anything that echoes the Iraq war is based off of lies, like this is based off of lies, because the Iraq war was completely based off of lies, completely based off of lies, even if it was... If it was Operation Desert Shield that turned into Desert Storm, or if it was the 2003 invasion of Iraq, all of it was based off of of lies in so many ways. And it was actually created so that those things would happen. Really think about this, Keith. Would Saddam really, really, really get away with going into to Kuwait and, and, and taking, taking the oil back, what he said that Kuwait was stealing from Iraq. No. You, 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 you couldn't do that. And, and so you, you can't even believe, because guess what? What, if, what, if, what side of, of Saddam did you hear his side of, of the story on? All you heard about was Saddam was, Completely one-sided. Could any could any of that stuff been true? I heard the reports, but they were just reports. Well, I heard the real reason uh, was that 
Saddam was going to stop allow accepting yep. petrol dollars for Iraqi oil and that he was going to switch yep. to the euro. Yep. Which would have which would have boosted his economy by twelve percent. Which would have boosted his economy by twelve percent. And so yeah. And and remember, Saddam was used as a proxy against Iran and was actually upheld, and that's why Iran and Iraq went into a war with each other. And it was a brutal one. Yeah, with Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld uh, supplying, you know, there's a picture of him in in Saddam, and they said, you know, Saddam used uh, chemical weapons, you know, outlawed weapons. Yeah, he got them from the U.S., you know. Right, they put them there. Yeah, but the difference here, though, is, is... it's not it, if they go to war with Iran, it's not going to go down like it went down with Iraq. And Iraq uh, has already stated uh, their officials uh, why they want to keep good relations with the United States. They are not going to participate in regime change in Iran. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you know, you got to go back to that war between Iran and Iraq and the U.S. the the, the the neocons influence in that for Iraq and they upheld Saddam to actually to engage Iran. So this Iranian thing has been on the table for a very long time and it ain't going away. I would hate to be grow. a so I would hate to be a soldier deployed to that war. Cause basically you're gonna be surrounded on all sides. You never know who to yeah. trust. Even during the Gulf War, I'm walking down the street in, in Riyadh and what have you, man. Some of the looks I would get from some of their men. and what I, I'm like, no, I don't trust none of you mugs. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. trust none of you. Yeah. And I just think that you would really, really, you you know, you just throwing U.S. troops' uh, lives away like they don't matter. Yeah. And here it is. And I want to take a look at this real quick. And this is from the New York Times from yesterday. It was after we got off air yesterday. New York Times, May the 13th. Washington, Washington. At a meeting of President Donald Trump's top national security aides last Thursday, acting defense secretary, presented an updated military plan that envisioned sending as many as 120,000 troops, U.S. troops, to the Middle East should Iran attack American forces or accelerate works on nuclear weapons, administrative officials said. Now, remember that was last week is when Pompeo, uh, Pompano had had uh, had actually uh, abruptly ended his meeting that he was supposed to have with Angela Merkel and 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 got out of Dodge. And this it, there was a report that he went to Iraq to get support for this overall because if you're going to have military engagement with Iran, Iraq would be a great entry point and make it easier for you to do that logistically. So it's all, everything is already being put together. And remember what Donald Trump said? He, he said that Donald Trump is starting to question, hey, 
Are these national security advisors trying to get, get us into a war? So now we started to question Bolden and everybody else. But if you notice something, they're quiet, but things are still moving. Guess what? I think what's going to happen is that the, the personality, the celebrity figurehead personality, Trump, is, is brass enough to say, no, I'm president, we're not going to do this. Uh, you know you make no, you don't make no decisions. You, you sure you want to? You sure you want to do that? This is what we're doing. No, this is what we're going to do. Okay, we're going to do this. No, this is what we're going to do. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to give him an option. And he, you know, I don't think that they would ever uh, uh, assassinate Trump because he doesn't have that type of uh, impact. What they what they do is very easy. We know where your temptation is. Here goes uh, uh, a few uh, debt clearances of, of of some of your your business uh, operations. Here are some new things that you can do business wise, and just go ahead and and take the downfall on this this report and everything else. Do a Nixon, and then hand this over to one of the, the staunchest neocons known as Pence, and then you know. Pence would be far worse than I think than even, no, I won't even say it. No, I won't. No, I can't even. Pence and, and, and Hillary are probably, but Hillary just has more more historical uh, uh, events or, or dealings. But I don't think it would be much different between her and him. That, I mean, that's like, I, I don't know, Dave. Uh, I would hate to see him have the opportunity. See, he hasn't been in the positions that Hillary has been in to cause yeah. the carnage. Yeah. That, but he's a religious fanatic. You know, he he's yeah. he's fanatical, yeah. and some yeah. some of his yeah, yeah some of his views on the Bible are. Are suspect. You know what I'm saying? They're they're suspect, man. Yeah. But he he's definitely a Zionist, uh, one of those yeah, fanatics and what have you. So I, I I think he if he was to become president, man, I'd be a whole lot more worried about the state of affairs than you know with Trump now. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, that that would be the, and I think that that was the the plan and agenda. Uh, and I think when once it happened. We talked about that, and I expressed that. This looks like they're really trying to set up Pence to be the, the, the front-goer for, for everything because um, he's willing and able, and that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. So, but uh, real quickly, let's get back to this. And it says, uh, we, uh, move this down. Wow, oh, wait a minute, Keith. In this article, it says to follow new military developments to the uh, developments to the Middle East. Sign up for weekly at war newsletter. Read that again. Look at this right here. You look at this right here. So, in between the paragraphs, after the paragraphs I just read, he said to, it says, "quote in parentheses, not quote in parentheses to follow new military deployments to the Middle East. Sign up for weekly." At war newsletter, and then so I hit weekly at war, 
There's a New York Times a newsletter about the experience and cost of war with stories from the Time reporters and outside voices. So you can sign up for this weekly at war. And you know what? I remember, I remember, Keith, my grandmother had some old news clipping, right, Keith, from way back. You know how people, you know, held on yeah. to some things. So she has some news clippings of some papers, because remember, people used to save the paper. Right. And my grandmother had some, and I remember reading where it was actual newsletters to follow the buildup for World War I, I mean, World War II. And it was, it was very similar to this right here. And it was from the New York Times because that's where, you know, I, I grew up on, on the East Coast. And it was from the New York Times rehashing the same things all over again. I'm seeing that. And, and, and I say that for this reason. They go back to the same things that they used before. So in this new, in this, they actually had a daily, it was a, it was a daily, um, from what I remember, it was a daily newsletter that was just about the buildup to war, but they didn't call it World War II. But then they actually moved to calling it World War II because she had different different ones. And it was a sub-newsletter for the paper, and it was the New York Times. And I just saw that, and it just struck me from when I was a kid in some of the newspapers that she had saved. And I'm like, wow. And, and to me, this is like my, my ancestral ties reminded me of what everything my grandmother was, because my grandmother was the reason why I became a prepper, because she had lived through the Great Depression. Right, right, right. And in living through the Great Depression, she was keen to, tell, she told me, she said, it will return, and it will return during your life cycle. And so these are the things you need to look out for. And I've talked about that before. These are the things you need to be aware of and look out for. This is what you're going to see this, you're going to see that. And I'm starting to see a lot of the things that she told me, but some of the things it wasn't because she, she you know, it, it was she can only tell you about what she remembered and what she was exposed to. But I'm starting to see all of that all over again. And, and they rehash this stuff over. It's not the new world order. It's the same world order thing. You remember I told you about that article I read when they were talking about how they did, how they spotlighted certain things in the newspaper and blew them up. Yeah. And then I told you it was actually written in 1879. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then they used, they, I'm telling you, the printing press was one of the most formidable weapons ever used against humanity. Which is the exact same thing as the, the TV and the, the media. Uh, the or, propaganda. The, yeah, exactly. The machine. Exactly. And uh, it goes back to the old cliché. The sacred airways. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun. They just do the same well, stuff. Yeah, nothing. Well, you can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, you can't well, say there's nothing. The more things change. The more they stay the same. And, and so Keith was saying uh, there's nothing new under the sun, repeating what Solomon said. But you can't use, you know, use that one in this one because, you know, we don't rotate. We don't go under the sun. We rotate around it. What Solomon was talking about was a real event. 
And when you talk about there's nothing new under the sun, so if something comes from under the sun, we're not, most people think that we're under the sun, but we're not. What Solomon was talking about was one of the planets that's in our solar system that comes from, when it comes close to the, to, to the earth, it comes from under the sun. And that's why Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. So, but like you said, Keith, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Very true. So now, the revisions were ordered by hardliners led by John Bolden, Mr. Trump's national security advisor. They do not call for a land invasion of, of Iran, which will require vast more troops, officials says. Development reflects the influence of Mr. Bolden, one of the administrator's most vehement Iranian hawks, whose push for conflict with Tehran was ignored more than a decade ago by George Bush, by George Bush, celebrity figurehead George Bush. It is highly uncertain whether Mr. Trump, who has sought to detangle the United States from Afghanistan and Syria, ultimately would send so many American forces back to the Middle East. It is also unclear whether the president has been briefed on the number of troops or other details in the plans. Did you hear what they just said? It is also uncertain whether the president has been briefed on the number of troops or details in the plan. So if what they're basically say, saying is this, they're hiding information from them. And they're making decisions because he's not the decision maker. The numbers and the details and the overall uh, uh, campaigns and operations he don't have no clue about. And guess what? It's not just him. They do that with all of them. Should that be a concern to everyone here listening? Absolutely, because it is real. So this is, it is also unclear whether the president has been briefed on the number of troops or details in the plan. So how can you say it's not going to be an invasion? You don't know. But what's actually happening is that this could be a diversion because guess where they will try to go into, Keith? Syria. Syria. Man, this is getting bad. 120,000 U.S. troops? That's so, not enough. Are, no, no, no. That's, that's nowhere enough to engage uh, 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 Iran, but but it is what I definitely I definitely could see is that if they would have engaged Iran, that they're going to engage Iran in this in from this standpoint. Pakistan has now built up and starting to build up barriers between Iran and Pakistan. Why is Pakistan doing that? Some of the best intelligence agencies and best intelligence information comes out of Pakistan. They're world renowned and not acknowledged as being so, but they're world renowned in the overall intelligence community as having some of the best intelligence comes out of Pakistan. And Pakistan immediately started to erect barriers on their border that they they share with Iran. Why did they do that? Why did they do that? A couple of reasons. One, they didn't want 
any incursion into Iran from Pakistan. They didn't want coming out of Pakistan into to Iran, but here's the big one. They wanted to be able to monitor and control the flight out of Iran as well. The overall migration that people would make to get out of Iran. Because what war goes, when you have war, you have massive flights of people trying to get out of harm's way. People start to flee. And that destabilizes the overall governments and everything else. How would you be able to effectively, uh, uh, how would you attack a huge country such as Iran? Iran is huge. 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 How would you attack Iran? It'd be like, we talked about this before, it'd be like attacking Russia. Yes. How would you do it? Here's, here's what I think the, the cause would be. It would definitely be cyber. It would definitely be cyber. You cut the lights out in that country, and that would cause for a lot of human flight. And that would that would destabil that would destabilize any place. And you would have a massive migrant humanitarian crisis on your hands immediately. Depending, it would affect them nearly as much as it would affect us. No. It, it wouldn't, but what it would do is that it would still affect those areas, those those areas and the people that are in some of the major... The urban. The, yes, the populated areas. Yes, it definitely would. Um, but it, no, Keith, it would not. You cripple the whole United States with a cyber attack here. The, the, you, yeah, you you really would. You would you would shut the, the the whole thing down. So, but hey, we gotta get ready to go to a commercial break, and we come back. Um, I want to take a look at some things, but we really want to talk about uh, preparing and getting ready for this because I definitely see this thing jumping off in a very very profound way. You're listening to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasts and live program scheduling. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Tando Radio Show. Brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, give us a call, 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056. Now, the thing that concerned me in this article was this statement right here. And this statement, a lot of the news articles is, is used to send messages, Keith, you know. And so um, here's the one that disturbed me the most is when, let me go back. I, I moved it because I was looking at other things. Let me, oops. And when they said here, it is also unclear whether the president has been briefed on the number of troops or other details in the plan. What's in the plan? What could be in the plan, Keith, is this. 
how Israel will respond to to Iran. And one of the things that I think everybody here that knows the Zionist agenda and the temperament of those that have military decision-making policy out of Israel, I don't think any person here will be short short of short of admitting or saying this. Israel definitely would use tactical nukes against Iran. Israel definitely would use tactical nukes against Iran. And I would say that Israel would use that as their first offensive. They wouldn't do some bombing campaign, doing this and doing that. No, I don't think that they would do that. Their very first thing that they would do is actually let tactical nuke them. Because if they did that, what does that do? That changes the whole paradigm and scope of the whole war. And guess who becomes the, the overall leading nation in that war? It would be them and then dictating the U.S. as to what their response would be now. So I don't think that in the plans of that detail, guess what's in those plans? The use of the tactical nukes. And, and they would use them right away. And the reason why they would use them right away is because they have to get the rest of the world back under their overall control. I'll ask you, Keith, if the U.S. military and Israel used tactical nukes against Iran and was able to bring them under complete submission, what would that do to the overall reputation of the U.S. military around the world. Well, okay, so just, no, no, Keith, but, but, but the answer to that, but just from the standpoint, not saying, you know, but just from the standpoint, what would that do to the reputation of the U.S. military around the world? If they were able to give input, everybody on a mad scramble to get news. If they don't have them, their priority one would be to get them. And then not only that, it would put the U.S. military back into the biggest bully on the block and, 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 and people would be cowering down while, while uh, uh, subversively trying to acquire the necessary weapons to protect themselves. Yeah, it, it, it really would. But see, the neocons are pushing this agenda. We've lost so much traction in the world today that the U.S. battle flag is no longer considered formidable or a threat. Because, you know, there's different flags that the U.S. has and for, 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 for shipping, right? There's a war flag and then there's the, a peace flag. The actual, and some people may not be aware of this, the U.S. flag that you see on every ship, now that you commonly see being being flown, the 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 the, the uh, flag that has horizontal stripes, that's a battle flag, meaning that you're at war, that this ship is 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 being used as a measure of war in international waters and wherever it goes. 
So hold on one second. Let me. So there is another flag is known as the, the, the flag that you fly if you are a peace vessel. And many, of, many people have never even seen this flag. It is it's the flag of the United States, but it's done differently. The lines are vertical. They're vertical. Like, you remember that, Keith? You remember that now from, from being – they're vertical. And it is is not the identical to the U.S. flag. It uh, is is a little different, but the the overall lines are vertical. They're up and down, not horizontal. See, and flags were a way to communicate what your intentions were at sea. You 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 know that you signal by flag. Hold on one second, one second, one second, everyone. So, sorry about that, uh, everyone. So, the flags are used as communication. So, that battle flag that the U.S. has, it, 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 it will become much more influ- influential to be able to extend this colonial uh, uh, agenda in, in, in influence. It will be able to do that if they were able to suppress Iran. But here's the problem with Iran. Here's the problem with Iran. You already you can already surmise that they have nuclear capabilities and they've had it for a very long time. And now they have the technology to be able to, to utilize it. Remember that Iran actually put a rocket into space. Actually, put a satellite into space, and if you have that capability, what do you have the capability to do? You have the ability to deliver, uh, deliver a nuclear payload, and I don't think that you can ever think that Iran doesn't have nukes. Why wouldn't they have it? Why wouldn't the, the the agenda want them to have it? Because then that guarantees what? A world war. So what you got to do is you got to say they don't have it, they don't have it, so that you can have the excuse that we're going to go to war to prevent them from having it. And then once you get into the war, guess what? Too late now, you're in it now, and it's all out and in. And then guess what? Oh, guess what? We do have nukes, and we're using them. Totally changes the whole dynamics in the world. One, as soon as a nuclear device is emitted and it goes off anywhere in the world, within, within 72 to 48 hours, the United States will be under full martial law. It's under martial law now, but it will be under overt martial law. doesn't matter where it goes off in, anywhere in the world. So this is very concerning to me because we already know that this, is, this agenda is being pushed. Now, what is that telling for us? All of the major wars that have been declared or have been ignited in human history has always had a body of work that leads up to it. There's always steps. What did you say earlier, Chief? 
The more things change, the more they stay the same. They follow certain steps. These are definitely global steps towards war. Because in order to have that, you have to have confrontation points, flashpoints, all over the world. Not just militarily, they have to be economic and political and cultural and in nature. Then you have the component of the military. So let's look at those flash. Let's take a look. Do we have multiple flashpoints right now, Keith? Absolutely. Absolutely. Multiple, multiple flashpoints. If we, if we could go over, what's some of the most the, the, some of the most concerning flashpoints? Um, yeah, that's one. But Keith, from your so okay, so Keith said Venezuela, absolutely. Because that, why is Venezuela such a flashpoint? Because of how much oil the country has and the accessibility to that oil. So. That's a double negative, right? Because the accessibility to that oil and how close it is. Another flashpoint, I'm going to give one. Probably the one that's the most unstable right now is India and Pakistan. That flashpoint can go, you know, just earlier this year, I think that we were within days of, of that flashpoint, that nuclear flashpoint being met. And, and that doesn't seem because that's economic, culturally, and, mil and militarily, right? So another flashpoint, Keith, which... The Middle East. Right. In the Middle East, it, it's, it's so big because you, you really think about, you got now the annexing of the Golan Heights, you got Syria, you got Turkey. See, Syria and Turkey and Iran is the key to this whole, those, those interlocking nations, right? One locks into the other because of that natural, natural gas pipeline. That natural gas and oil pipeline, known as the Nordic Stream, is extremely important because that ties to the Nordic Stream pipeline. And that brings the overall natural gas and oil that flows into Europe and Russia. And that is critical because that, that overall uh, uh, corridor is significant because wh whoever has that is going to control the economy in the future. So another flashpoint. Let's, let's go back. So whoever controls that. <laughs> now, the United States is their great desire to do just that, to control that. Yep. However, there's nothing that the United States has in place anymore to control that. Yeah, other you know, than... They don't have the personnel. Right, right. They don't have the funds. Uh, they don't have the means and the capability. They, they can disrupt it, start a war, but there's not one in which they can win. Yeah. And again, you know, and this is what's so mesmerizing to me, is what is the United States trying to do? Because on one hand, we talked about all the reasons why they want this war to control things, et cetera, et cetera. But by the same token, they sabotage themselves on every level. 
simultaneously. But you, you, you know, Keith, when you and you know this, when you practice colonialism, there is no exit strategy that that those that engage in that type of doctrine, there is no exit strategy that isn't brutally violent. There isn't. A, there isn't a so-called, the proverbial come to Jesus moment, right? There is no where you have been gaining from this, you, you have been acquiring your wealth, or, or you've been acquiring things on unethical measures, means. You don't all of a sudden become ethical and say, you know what, I'm sorry, I was wrong, let me reverse my right? Mm-hmm. It's all organized crime. Once you're in the gang, the only way that you, once you're in and everything that you gain from it, the only way that you can get out is you give up everything that you've gotten during that time, including your life. You can't leave. You can't walk out of here. Well, I don't think that they you, can't walk out. You have to be careful. But they, they can walk out. I think what the problem is is the opposite of that. Once you go in there, you get this what the United States has big time now. You have this entitlement attitude. Right. And right. now all you belong to, to me. me. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. That, that mentality becomes a part of who you are. So the exit strategy is never an ethical one where you say, wait a minute, I've been wrong in this. Right? Right. What do you do? We're going to fight to the end. And guess what we'll do? We'll fight. We built. We bought all of this. We we got all of this to use it, and we we'll, we will use it. And so, what do they do? We go into engagement, and whoever wins goes to spoil. And we plan on winning, and they don't win. And that's kind of the point that I'm making. Where I'm so confounded by the the things that the United States does, because on one hand it looks like okay, you got this. It's dirty as evil on one hand. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, let's go outside of war where you're sabotaging everything else. I mean, look at this country. We, yeah. we know what they're doing militarily and with the coups and all that dirty underhand right, right, stuff. Right. But by the same time, when you come into this country, right, right, right. we're sabotaging the education system. Mm-hmm. We're sabotaging the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I just saw a thing where Trump is rolling back the thing with the light bulb set. is very important. They got these light bulbs that are um, the fluorescent um, ones. I, I think they're not the fluorescent ones. It's just new ones that they've gone to because the fluorescent ones I think are very dangerous and stuff. But the new ones are much more efficient. They're much less hazardous to the environment, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But they're rolling all those things back, and that's what I'm saying. So you know, you look at okay, we want this oil to advance. Yeah, you're right. Our evil agenda, but it's still our evil agenda. It's yeah. still about advancing it. Whereas over here, it's like, okay, I'm going to cut the nose to spite my face because I'm not going to educate my people. I'm going to screw up the environment. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to divide the people, you know, right. and all of that. So it's kind of like, what the heck are you guys trying to do ultimately? The, as, as I would say, Keith, and I think um, the problem that that you're having and what you're seeing is that you're looking at it from standpoint of what they should be doing and and what you would be doing. Well, even just from the point of self-preservation, we've talked about that lately a few times. 
Yeah. But the things that they're doing is again, it's like sabotage their own existence. Yeah, they, there are many that feel that they are immune to anything that can be done because the the overall general thought is that you don't know that I'm a, a every nothing gets to me because I got a buffer, and that that buffer is the general population of of, of everyone that's here. So there. They have a sense of immunity to it all, and there's an arrogance right, to, right. to initiate things because guess what? You can't lose. You're the great right, right, nation right. greater than Rome. See, Rome had these problems. They did this wrong. We're not wrong. We're different. Well, I think, I think on, a, on a smaller scale of what you just said, I think it's slightly different. Yeah, because the individuals that are making those decisions are making a self-motivated, self-grandizing, self-serving, self-serving yes. decision. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And they're willing to sacrifice everything for. Oh yeah, because that's how they got where they were. It's, this, this is, this isn't something that you do all of a sudden. This is something that you've been practicing your whole life. And you were actually looking to get into these position, positions. They all have the same ambition as the devil. They have the same ambition as Satan. And I, I think that, what you just said, is a stumbling block in almost all conversations. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Keith. It, it really is. So now, Keith, let's talk about here, for everyone that's here, what they should be doing to prepare for this. Because this is... Um, as we talked about yesterday, you need to prepare for it. And I want to spend some time the rest of the show looking at that because we, we, we know that this stuff is coming, right? We, 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 we see it. Um, we know it's here. Now it's, okay, what, do we, what does every person need to do? And sometimes we start from, from those individuals that are just first listening and everything else. I don't want to start there, Keith. I want to talk to those individuals that have been listening to us for a while and have already started to prepare, right? Um, because I think, you know, you have to try to, to, to reach as many people as you possibly can. We've reached out to those individuals that are first starting out and everything else, and, and I don't want to go back to that. I want to now talk to those individuals those individuals that have been listening and have started to prepare, here are some of the things that you need to, to look at and start to do, okay? We want to do that. First and foremost, we always talk about this, even for beginners, you want to start with the haves and needs, right? Look at what you have and look at what you need because every person is different. So now for those of you that are preparing for a while, now your haves and needs are set. One of the things that you definitely need to do is that you need to map out on an old-school map that's not inside of your phone, that's not digital, that's, that's uh, actual uh, a hard copy, you want to have a map. And on your map, you need to map out if that's either in your mind or, or if for individuals that are new, like I'm new to a, a certain place. So I have to rely on some individuals that have been here for a while. But in, in some of those individuals, you know, you're going to have to rely on. Like in case in point, 
here, I'm here, and Keith is here. Well, for the mapping parts of it, I don't rely on Keith because even though Keith has been here for so long and, and, and I just got here, I got to tell Keith where to go from, from time to time. So I don't rely on Keith as a map. But if you knew somewhere, get with somebody that knows the area. But for those of you that have been where you are for a while, and for those of you that are thinking about moving, I would say this, Keith, very, very important for those individuals that have means and everything else and are thinking about moving to a different place, make sure it's a place that you're not new to. I'm going to say that again. Do not move to a place unless you are, you are actually, you have to do it. Do not move to a place that you're, not, that you're new to. If you're going to move, make a move to another place that you're familiar with because the speed of decisions is going to be essential. And if you're going to a new place, you don't even know how the place is set up, where things are. So let's just say you're staying where you are. You need to map out where you are and keep. They need to map out the important structures that are around them. Here are some important structures that I'm speaking about. You need to identify where you and your family would go if you had to vacate where you are. And you have to, you have, to have a strategy for that in all different directions because you, you may be forced to go in one direction, okay? You need to strategize that out right away. So hold on, hold on one second. One second, everyone. You, you need to do that. I'm thinking, um, I was sitting here thinking about, I wonder if the map for this area, for this county, has all the bodies of water, including ponds yeah. or what have you. But I was thinking about, a map for all the fishing holes in my area. Yes, Scotty. You got see what Scotty just said. You got to map that out, um, and you got to map that out now. You and how one of the things you want to do is that you want to find you want to find the water table in your area because everybody's water table is different, and you want to find the aquifers that are in your area, the underground aquifers in your area as well. Now, this isn't for the everyday person that's just starting off. This is for those of you that are more advanced and have been doing some things. you got to find ingress and egress routes in and out of where you want to go. You need to know where all of the critical infrastructures are around you, right? Critical infrastructures, you can, uh, you can put, come together as to what that could be. You know, hospitals, uh, supermarkets, gas stations, um, and, and, and those types of things, the essentials to life, the staple goods of, of life, okay? You've got to find where those areas are. You may have never even thought about that, but when things go awry, you're going to find out something very quickly that you're going to need some things. The things that you need have actually been cut off and what you're accustomed to. You're accustomed to going to the light switch in your home and cutting it on and the light come on. If that doesn't happen, guess what happens? 
Whatever you were planning to do has now been diverted because you don't have no life. So the same thing goes with when things get awry here, with the things that you were accustomed to doing has now been you can't do them. Now your attention and your plans have been diverted. You need to have a resource. Next, individuals, you have to have to have your overall strategy with your family members and any people outside in, in the community. You need to strategize what is it your plan of action is going to be, who will you depend on, and who, and who will you align yourself with. Those alliances and establishments must be solidified right now because what we're looking at is that it doesn't really matter how much you have. What matters the most is the relationships that you have because then you can multiply what you have and you can actually multiply their efforts to get what's needed. Very, very important. Very, very important. Another thing is that you have to have is you have to have forms of communication for your family members and have a plan for them to get to you and you to them and what that overall cycle of plan would be if this happens or that happens. You know, let's say you have a family member that lives on the other side of the city or the other side of town. Things go awry, how will they know that the plan to evacuate is, is, is now there? Right? How do you know? What is the smell of smoke that causes you to leave the building? Right? What is going to be the defining event that you need to move on? And what are the steps you'll take in that? So very, very important. You have a plan for things to be interrupted. Uh, I'm getting a lot of calls today. Excuse me, you all. So what is that plan? How is it enacted? And not only that, what's the safe, what's the routes, what routes will you take to get back to those that are safe routes? And safe routes means what are, you, what are the danger areas where you are that you're going to avoid? Let me just tell you this. Depending on what the event is, you know one of the safest routes to getting home is going to be? It actually will be through the hoods. The, the hoods. The impoverished areas will be much more safer than you trying to get home through the affluent areas. You got to know that. Depending on what happens, let's say all of a sudden Iran and, and, and Israel jump off and there's a nuclear exchange. You're going to have martial law pretty much right away. And let's say you are two days, three days away from home, and now you're trying to get home or a day or two away from home, and you got to travel home. And once that happens, things get destabilized here. When things get destabilized here in the United States, depending on where you are, one of the, one of the most overlooked danger areas is going to be the affluent areas. 
if you try to travel through the affluent areas because you could travel through them before peacefully and no problem and it was, you know, the, the access was there, it was a better route because they had more infrastructure and all of that stuff, you think that that route traveling through, keep just thinking from Dallas. You're going to lock it down. Try to travel through Highland Park. Try to travel through Highland Park now. Right. You say try to travel through Highland Park now. No, you got to explain that. No, you, I'm going to let you explain because you know more about Highland Park than me. Um, but traveling through Highland Park as an outsider, guess what? They're going to shoot first and ask questions later. And it's not going to just be the police. It's going to be those people that live in that area. I know because that's what happened during the L.A. riots. And I don't know if you're talking in cold. Uh, well, no, I don't want to talk in cold. Well, so wait, wait, Keith, we got to go. Every time you get ready to talk, you got to go to commercial break. We got to go to commercial break. When we come back, Scotty, give me two minutes, and we'll pick this back up. You're listening to Tando Radio Show. We're going to try to talk about what some of the things you need to be preparing for and some of the plans that you need to have right now. And we need to discuss it. If you'd like to get in on discussion, make some advisement, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 704-802-5056. Listen to Tando Radio Show. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Myself and
Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Candle Radio Show. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. So now we're talking about some of the things you need to be preparing for. You know, we always talk about you need to get this, you need to get that, but I really want to talk about uh, uh, routes and routes to get back to safety for those of you that have been preparing for a while because you're advanced enough where you have some of those things and those, those uh, things, the staple goods, in place, okay? You have some measures of protection. Now you got to look at routes. One of the things you do not want to happen when things go awry, everyone, there's, there's some rules that, that you have to follow, in my opinion. And it's kind of like you traveling abroad. Keith, you know, like when you go overseas or you go to another country, there's four rules that I live by in, in when, I'm, when I'm traveling abroad. You can't get sick. You can't get injured. You can't get in trouble. And you can't run out of funds. And I think your last two are the most important two. You can't get in trouble, and you can't run out of funds. Right. You have to have a – and what I mean by running out of funds, you, you have to have a way – you have to have a way to get back home. Okay, so right before the break, I asked you if you were talking to Kuhn. Yes, yes, I'm sorry, Keith, I didn't give me, just go and back The reason it. why I asked is because without knowing Let's not talk uh, what your audience, well, I'm no, about yeah. to, mm-hmm. what your audience, what they look like they're listening, you have to know that when this stuff hits a fan, if you are a person of color, things become drastically more dangerous for you. Yes. Especially when you're looking at what yes. you're going through these uh, fluent neighborhoods, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And you have to be aware of that. Yes. Even if you live there. 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 I'm going to tell you, Keith, people are going to be so destroyed. You would have people that you lived on that block or in that, in that subdivision or in that neighborhood for a while. You've seen the same person, and they're not going to recognize you. You know what's going to be what they're going to be seeing everything through? Fear. And we're seeing it, they're going to be seeing people through the eyes of fear. And when you look at things through, see, there's tunnel vision. You heard of tunnel vision. And when when you're doing something, your adrenaline. Let's say you're getting in, into a life-threatening situation. What happens is that you. Your senses become so focused that it comes, your vision becomes tunnelized. You don't see everything else is only right here because the adrenaline and the, the, the fight or flight uh, uh, triggering causes your senses to be so pinpoint, and it's a bad thing. And if you're not used to dealing with that, then what happens is that you won't even notice that it's happening. So even if you live in those areas, you got to be careful because the very neighbor that you know you've had this and that, they may not recognize you. Okay, so... Because all they'll see is a threat. So in talking in code, I said you got to be careful not to travel through the affluent areas. And I said, you know, keep just imagine going through Highland Park. And Highland Park is what, Keith, here in, in where, where we are. It's an extremely wealthy community. Right. Uh, 
And again, just to go with what this shows, there's very, very, very wealthy, people, very in, wealthy, very wealthy, insulated community. That's what I was going to say. So in that, there's very few people of color in there. And the reason why is because they actively have things in motion to prevent that from happening. Well, that same type of attitude is going to multiply, multifold as soon as, you know. Yeah. And you, you, again, you're going to have to be aware of that. The other thing that you were talking about was, uh, was you were talking about knowing your, your uh, built buildings and your routes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't think we talk too much about this, Dave, but the fact of the matter is once you get to where you, your abode or whatever that is, yeah. you, you really need to be, yeah, because you need to be looking at what they call bugging in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You haven't really addressed that. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. And, and so we're going we're gonna to do that now because in, in this case, it's some some places like if you're in you're going to get out of Southern California. You need a heads up. You need to have your. Remember when I said, "What is the smoke that causes you to fly to to, to leave the building?" And if you're in Southern California, and, and I'm using this as an example, but this applies to anywhere. Everyone's got to think about themselves. I know people in, in Washington, D.C. area, right? I know people in Southern California. The, the smell of smoke for them has to be much fainter and not as, as strong as for someone else. Right. You know, someone like Scotty, you know, he can actually see the billowing smoke before. It's, right. you, 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 you know what I mean? Right. Just as an example. The more for, urban. Well, right. The more urban you are, but it's not real. It, the urban... The urban side of it is very, very important, but the ingress and outgress of getting out of that community is very, very important. Case in point. That's what I mean. Because yeah. the more urban it is, the more you got yeah. to be worried about gridlock. Right. And this, in Southern California, if you're going to leave Southern California, you have to have a plan to leave Southern California before it goes bad because getting out of Southern California generally means there's only one way that you can go, and that being north, right? North on the, and you have to go north on the ocean side for you not to be in, in, in the overall perilous deserts. So for you to go east in, in Southern California, guess what you're going to have to go through? You're going to go, have to go through the uninhabited desert to do it. And there's, there's very few ways to do it because there's only the 10, the 40 to get out of Southern California. And because of that, now you got to look at to make that, to traverse to that overall, that isn't a, a one-hour endeavor. That isn't, and the thing about it is it's all based off of your tank of gas. How far can a tank of gas get you? But how far can a tank of gas get you in gridlock? That's a totally different situation. That's a totally different situation. So you got to devise your routes. So you got to devise your routes to get home, and you got to have your routes for all of your family members to be able to do it. 
even your young people is the most important one. It's your most important thing. Your your college students, your your your, your teenagers, and your um, your uh, middle schoolers and, and high schoolers. You got to have uh, things for that. We're getting ready to go into the summer months, so some children will be, some children will be out of school, which I hope that when things do go awry, it will be in the season of uh, with school being closed, because if things go wrong. When school is in session, you have to have every single person here, no matter if this is you are a seasoned pre- uh, pre- prepper or a brand new one. One of the first things that you have to do, if, we, if you have children in school, one of the first things you're going to have to do is have a plan of going to get them first and foremost because that's the most immediate threat that is threatening you and your family. Because what will happen, the schools will lock the children down move them out of the school and take them somewhere and won't even tell you where they are. They've been rehearsing this for a while now. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? You want to know my opinion as to why they're doing it? It's the same thing to separate the children from the parents, the same thing that they're doing with immigration, the exact same thing that they're going to do here. They're going to separate children from their... Look to see what your overall school district's plan is in an emergency if something happens. Guess what? They have it, but do you know what their plans are and how it works? Some have been even bold enough to say that we're putting children in school buses and we're going to take them to designated safe zones. Like some of the designated safe uh, uh, safe zones have been uh, earmarked as like large stadiums, uh, sporting or reading stadiums or things of that nature. So they're going to say they're going to take the children there, Sid. They're going to get the children out of the school and take them out of harm's way. They don't have a plan for you to come and pick up your children. They got a plan to bust your children. You better find out if your school district is doing that. Because what will happen if your child gets on that school bus, you know how, how great the likelihood is that you'll never see that child again is? Depending on the event, is darn near guaranteed. Imagine the mental anguish that that will cause people. So the number one plan that you need to have if you have children is if they're in school, if this is more important than you planning on how they're going to eat, because you can come up with, with, with some of those things, this is more important than anything else when it comes to children. If you have school-aged children, find out what their overall school's plan is in case of an emergency, how they would respond to a major emergency. If their plan involves anything with busing and taking the children out, out of school, instead of calling you, telling you to get the, come get the children, and the only way that they would have that is that they don't have a busing plan for them at all. If they have a busing plan for them, guarantee you this. This is what would happen. Let's say there is going to be a major event that's going to happen. One of the things through mutual aid that they will do is that they will tell the schools to go ahead and enact their... For the plan Yes. And when they're putting that plan into motion, guess what's going to happen? The buses are already going to be en route 
And like I said, if your child gets on that bus and is driven away from that school with some of the events that we will see, you can guarantee that you are likely never going to see that child again. This is one of the things that war provides for those that love to have slave trade, human trafficking. War is one of the most effective and efficient methods in that. Poverty and war is one of the number one tools that they use. I mean, look at Libya now. Look at Libya now. Absolutely, Scotty. And the thing is that we think that what happens to people abroad, it can never happen here. If it's done to them, that it means it's planned for you. If it's done to them, it's planned for you. So that's the number one thing you need to have is a plan for your school-aged children to where somebody's got to go physically pick them up or you got to have a plan where that child is able to get home. And you know what I mean by get home, where you have your own plan. You have your own plan, and you better establish that because you know you. I can't tell you what it is to do because I don't know you. I don't know your child. I don't know where you are, but you do. And you come up with a plan that's suitable to you and your family on getting your children. Because I, I can't emphasize this enough, and it's the last we're getting ready to end the show, but I will definitely tell you, the school boards and the school districts around the United States have a plan of evacuation that involves busing of your children. Public and private. Some schools may exclude that, but you better find out if you are in one of those schools. I don't think that there is one public school in this country that doesn't that I'll get I, I don't know for sure, but I I'm pretty I I'm, I have full confidence and faith and confidence to say that every single public school has a busing evacuation plan. And if that is ever invoked, you ain't gonna see your child ever again. I will say this: during there was a a drill that they did and didn't tell the parents in in Colorado. And when the parents came to get their, their children, guess what they told the parents? Because it was an indoctrination. We can't tell you where we took the children. We took them to a safe zone. Tell you what? They tore the town up. No, they didn't. They were upset and everything else, but they didn't. But I tell you what? Anybody that takes my child is kidnapping my child. So, my, we got problems. And, boy, do we have problems. And it's such a problem that I don't want to deal with it after you've taken my child because now the overall, the threat to, the immediate threat to my child is greater than anything else. What I'm going to do is I'm going to establish a plan before because you're not kidnapping my child. Our children should not be kidnapped. They've been kidnapped enough. When are we going to learn that the overall slave ships still roll and sail today? Well, Dave, and it goes back to the conversations we've been having the last few days, and it also goes back to the conversation again that um, 
we were talking about people of color. Now, I just read an article, I think I showed it to you, that they are missing 547 children yes. of color since the beginning of the year. Um, so it's already a huge problem. It's already a huge problem. But in the scenario that you're bringing forth, again, you have to understand that most people aren't even aware of this. But if you're missing 547 people, children, that you're not aware of, that means that news isn't even getting out. Now, how does news about kids not get out for you not to be aware of? How many, Chief? 547. 547 what? Kids have been missing since the beginning of this year. We're at children of color. And we're, and we're five, uh, in, in the whole country? I believe so. Okay. And, but, again, my point is that's going to be exacerbated exponentially in this crisis. So, yeah. So you, you, you have to be aware of that. You know, you have to be aware of that. And so we do. And so listen, everyone, we got to get ready to get out of here. Never goodbye. As always, we'll see you later. And before you ask for a, a, a fortune, make sure to give one away. Very, very important. And we'll, we'll pick up on this again because we need to go over some steps that we need to be considering and talking about. So much love, much respect. Uh, great Creator Willing will be back tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, and we'd love to hear and, and talk to you all. Be careful, be aware, and be on guard. Never scared, always prepared. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Gold dinar would have had serious consequences for the world financial system, but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the U.S. wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake.